came to know Andrew Sweeney because of a series of articles about Jordan Peterson and the intellectual dark web. He posted on Medium um, those articles. They were not only excellently written, but also tried to explore the cultural shift in which that movement appeared. We both uh, share the sentiment, as a lot of people do actually, um, that the intellectual dark web is an important new tribe addressing important issues in our culture. So I invited him to the podcast and we chatted a little bit about this phenomenon, about its importance, its aspects. Um, there's certainly a lot of more to say about the IDW than we uh, did cover at this time. And I think time will tell if this movement itself has the ability to actually bring some higher order into the cultural chaos we face today. Um, there are a lot of promises there, also a lot of problems. And we'll see how they are doing. For now, I think it's important um, to see that there are people who are actually trying to navigate between the problems and fallacies of the left and right and their ideologies, offering new and sometimes old perspectives and um, sometimes even integrated grand narratives, which seem to have, uh, have been lost with postmodernity. So I hope you will enjoy this conversation. I will post the links to Andrew's uh, article um, below the description. Um, that's it. Well, it's interesting. Like I, I, I started to write obsessively about Jordan Peterson around the same time as you did your, your first podcast with him, I, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it was about that time, like right in the beginning of, of his sort of rise to popularity. And yeah. uh, I started to write about him and, and um, immediately there's this, there was this huge polarization between people who just hated him, you know, uh, and then people who were not, you know, it was kind of like I lost a few friends along the way uh, sure. just, just by even speaking about him, which was, which was, uh, strange experience for me because i always find them to be quite reasonable if anything else you know yeah i still look I, I still don't understand that phenomenon that like a person who can be so, uh, so reasonable and so clear-minded and so articulate could polarize that much you know it's still something that boggles my mind somehow because when you talk to him or when you see him in these these lectures or in in this public performances um there's nothing I would even consider controversial. You know, it's like yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, it's it's not it's not it's not it's not controversial. It's it's not right wing. It, it's not uh, neoconservative. It, it's not alt right. It's it's absolutely none of the labels which he gets uh, branded with you know, right. co constantly and consistently. Right. And and I, I I think maybe it's because he's a he's a man or something. And that he's speaking in a positive way about masculinity, and uh, there seems to be this enormous wave of. Well, you know, I was reading Newman's book, and he talks about the castrating mother or something. You know, the yeah. castrating feminine, right? Exactly. So, I, so there's this sort of, um, you know, as soon as a strong and assertive male, you know, 
presence appears on the scene in the age of Donald Trump, he he uh, he, he he's immediately thought of with, with suspicion. Right. right. Uh, I like to I like to view a person like uh, Peterson as a as an indicator, or like a symbol for a larger larger movement, a larger social cultural movement. I, for example, I saw two or three months ago I saw a documentary about Picasso. You know, uh -huh. and, and it was like from, from this television sender Arte. I don't know if you know it. It's like a, it's a more, it's a, one of the better channels. So, sure, sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and, and there were some experts which were interviewed and they all said, well, you, you couldn't have a discussion about art like from 90, like for, for 80 years without centering the discussions around Picasso. Uh -huh, you know, because, so, so because it's like, it's, it, it, He, he was a symbol for a whole movement and for development of art and, 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 and stuff like that. And, you know, it's like every discussion I have and a lot of discussions about philosophy and where we at in our culture. Um, and it's, it's always revolving about, about Peterson. You know, it's, it's, yeah. you know it's, it's like a focal point of something. I don't know what it is. I would like to explore this kind of thing maybe in this podcast with you, but I, I think it is, a, it is a movement. It is something more than, than just a person. You know? oh, yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. You know, while he's, you know, he speaks about archetypes and he speaks about Jung and he speaks about being, you know, carried away and taken by, by archetypes, you know, and uh, he is, he's a sort of archetype, I think, in, in a sense, or he's, he's animating a kind of an archetype. Right. It's, it's like almost the opposite of the Picasso archetype that you're speaking of, you know, because Picasso represents wildness, you know. Picasso represents the destruction of forms. True. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, and the dissembling of, 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 of the world in, in a sense. And, and, and Peterson's sort of trying to bring it together. He's trying to bring, bring you know, order, you know. But that's not, that's even that's a sort of a reduction of what he's saying because he talks about the balance between case and order. But the weird thing about, I think his movement is it's sort of a, it's sort of a counter movement to all the movements of, of, of the sixties right? or all the movements of, you know, let's say liberation. Right. It's like the liberation movements are sort of, they've reached their maximum uh, in terms of destroying the, the, the structures. Yeah. Uh, And now, and now, now there's some kind of construction taking place, and he's sort of he's sort of coming in at that point where, where you know, after after I guess I guess Trump would be the maximum of sort of chaos, you know, this anomaly president, this President Trump, and then you know the Trump apocalypse and and all of this, and and then and then so so you have this sort of you have this sort of weird president of the biggest country in the world who's like this weird male figure and then and then peterson kind of moves in as being the, the sort of the you know a positive male role model in a sense as opposed to the the, the good you know, father yes mm. yeah the good father as opposed to the irresponsible father or the you know the whatever the the, the archetype that trump kind of represents right yeah right. So, i don't uh, i don't know if, if if picasso would be like the opposite because i think he, he made like seventy thousand pieces of art And was constantly on constantly on the verge of between chaos and order, so to speak, uh -huh. and and constantly creating. So more the, the the archetype of the artist, whereas for me and my perception, 
Peterson is more the archetype of the academic, of the classic liberal, of the old British school with the moderate views, some, something like that. I, 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 I don't sure, know. Sure, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but Picasso was sort of, um, you know, uh, uh, he was celebrating life in this, you know, ra in this radical, radical way. True. Peterson seems to be talking about human suffering. You know, it's a, that's true. That's that seems true. To be, uh, he seems to be, uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, I guess the Dionysian and the Apollon, you know, Apollonian. You could talk about it in that in that sense. Yeah. yeah. Now I, I was thinking in the lines of um, what were there historical figures who rose to fame equally fast and changed the cultural outset that immensely similar to, to Peterson. And there were actually like two per persons coming in mind to mind mm -hmm. that that first was Timothy Leary, you know, like in, in, in more uh -huh. from, from the postmodern outset, like equally right. uh, an academic. Um, yeah, and they were in the same department uh, at, at one point. Exactly. Right? And, and like the forerunners of a huge cultural movement Uh -huh. And and the second one is John Brown. You, you know John Brown, the the abolitionist. I don't know John Brown. I, he, I know the name, but I. Mm -hmm. He was like a, a Puritan who lived 50 years of his life in obscurity, uh -huh. till till uh, the the horrendous treatment of a um, escaped slave All right. um, led to his decision to fight the ruffians and the the south southerners, and with quite brutal way so and and his hanging where where Thoreau and Whitman and all those people like attended that was the the drop of the how do you say that the the moment the or the instigating moment for the uh, civil war in the United States uh -huh. so that is so he was like a crucial figure which rose to fame and who stood up for the wrongs in a way and Yeah, instigated this 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 whole America which we know today, and those right. were like the those two figures which somehow in in their cultural impact um, resemble a little bit for me that huh. that that Peterson phenomenon. Well, I thought of Marshall McLuhan, but uh, I guess Peterson is different in the sense that he's huh, Marshall McLuhan is more of an abstract thinker or, or a you know a theorist. Uh, he doesn't have this kind of almost uh, You know, Peterson's almost a, a holy roller preacher in a in a way. You know, he's 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 out there changing people's lives in a, in a very direct direct way. I say holy roller preacher in the positive sense, right? You know, it's like he's, you know, he's um, even though he's working with science and evolution, he's taking almost this evangelical quality to to into modernism or, or something like that. Right. I don't want to particularly focus on on Peterson yeah. as a person because I mean you you have written extensively about that and you want to talk about the intellectual dark web exactly then. because because as you know I, I think if we want to understand where we are at the moment and and even if we want to understand the P Peterson phenomenon I think like a good focal point is this inter intellectual dark web because mm -hmm. um, I think that's that's an important. Um, movement in a way and development where a lot of people participating not just uh, active like there's a whole group of persons who engage in a mm -hmm. form of new dialogue but the amount of cultural resonance they producing is quite astonishing so and what what is your take on that on the intellectual dark web 
Well, in the beginning, um, I thought the name was kind of a, a misnomer. Like uh, I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't have too much appreciation for the group because I thought they had too much of a kind of a materialist bent. Like they were sort of a bunch of, a few of them were new atheists and enlightenment thinkers. And, you know, I'm, I'm more interested in, I guess, um, the spiritual dimension and, and deeper dimensions. So I, I kind of, I, I didn't, I didn't see, um, I, I saw their value as, as a bunch of, you know, people talking and having a conversation. And I, and I thought that was great. Um, but I, I warmed quite a bit to uh, to Eric and, uh, and and his brother. I I, I think these guys are are, are, are really um, sublime and interesting thinkers. Eric about, and Brett about, Weinstein about biology. So uh, you know, David Fuller kind of uh, um, pushed me in their in their direction, and uh, so and then and then there's a guy named Jonathan Greenhall. I don't know if you've read his stuff, but he's he's a friend with the Weinstein brothers, and he he's he's a he's a they've been buddies for years, and he's a very deep thinker. Um, and so so um, so in the sense, what I I think they they represent is uh, well, I was trying to I was trying to think about this. Um, um, let me just look at my you know I was trying to think about this is what they represent is um, an, a, a middle a middle ground um for, for discussions in in a period of extreme uh, po polarity af after trump um so so uh so the 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 sort of shock of 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 trump and the shock of people with very progressive world views um you know seeing this person who seemed to be sort of the shadow of all their their fears arise into public life um created this sort of, you know, void, right? Where we have this, you know, where the, the media, the New York Times and the Guardian and, and all of these, all of these newspapers seem to, their, their, um, their, their point of view seem to have become so completely um, formulaic and, 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 and dead and, and, and uh, um, you know, the social justice movement had become the establishment in, in some way. And so any kind of progressivism uh, had become a kind of um, toxic place to be in. And then, and then on the other hand, you, you, you had, um, mm -hmm. and you had Trump. So there was, there was no, nowhere, nowhere to be, no place to be. And then Peterson arises into the mix and starts having conversations with people, you know, on both sides of the spectrum and allowing that, that to happen. You know, so, you know, Ben Shapiro, you know, I'm not a conservative by nature and I, I've never felt particularly conservative. Um, but it's, you know, it's interesting to listen to, uh, you know, uh, an intelligent conservative like 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 Shapiro. Like um, normally I would just I would just put them in a box. And uh, so so I, I thought, wow, you know, somebody's actually talking to the to, to conservatives, the conservatives and there are intelligent conservatives out there. Right. You know, and then and then. And then the the, the reasonable uh, progressives like the Weinstein brothers, um, who who have who have been you know vic victim of this uh, social justice uh, you know um, tribalism, um, but I, but I actually you know very concerned with with you know uh, with um, you know helping people and distribution of wealth and and, and all of that. Uh, um, 
you know, Peterson's having conversations with them, them as well. And this sort of this, this tribe of, of, of a conversation uh, comes, comes appears, you know, and all of these people, um, all of these people, they become kind of, you know, like a, a little, little tribe and, and, uh, and, um, and, and the interesting thing is that it's so lo-fi, right? There's, there's nothing, there's nothing slick or, or contrived about it. Um, it's just a bunch of people having, having, having conversations and long, long form conversations. And, and, and the fact of this being so, so huge, you know, it's, it's like rock star, uh, um, these, these, these sort of, you know, academic types becoming, becoming academic geeks, becoming rock star figures. It's, it's total, it's totally weird. It's like the inversion of the sixties, right? Right. Where, whereas you know, the sixties were all about you know bending uh, genders and and uh, uh, you know and, and destruction of the hierarchies and creating a you know a new world utopia, where these guys are seem seem to be wanting to come together to to create a, a livable society, a livable world, and, and have long conversations to to try to try to figure that out. Right. And so, yeah, no, I think they're, I think they're all great. And then I did write a piece called the intellectual deep web because I thought there was this whole, uh, I thought that, you know, I've, I've studied Buddhism and, 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 you know, and things like that. And, and so, so I, I'm interested in, in meditation and I, and so I thought this whole, um, I thought that the bent, their bent was, um, more to, you know, maybe, Maybe maybe more political than, than than it could be, um, even though they they are sort of apolitical, and that there are other figures perhaps deeper that c- could emerge uh, as well. Um, so so uh, yeah, so there was um, what was his name? Alexander Briner. He had this idea of, called the, the inter. He was he was a guy from Rebel Wisdom, and the guys from Rebel, Rebel Wisdom invited me to their their men's group, and um, right. Um, and uh, he had this idea, oh, yeah, there needs to be an intellectual deep web, right? Which would integrate, you know, all of these other aspects, which are, are not, are not, are not being um, talked about in the intellectual dark web. Mm-hmm. I, I think what, what you're saying is, um, is very interesting in regard that there is this dialogue, which is a dialogue which is not confined to the left or the right. And I think the, the towering figure of all of that is Joe Rogan in a way, because he, he is able to deliver for the right and for the left in a way and, and has these long form discussions like two or three hours and provided the medium in a way where all this could flourish in the first place. You know, right. the, the Rubin Report and, and all the all what they are doing, it's like they, they all use this medium. And in a way, I think it's a reaction against those. Um, in a way, I think it's a reaction against the conversations we have day to day on Facebook, because it's all like fragmented and everybody has an opinion and nobody has a clue, you know, and everybody gets like easily offended, you know, and this is what yeah. was for the last 10 years. Like, so like, there's nothing more useless than a Facebook communication and conversation so yeah that's so, right yeah. so because nobody has it's any text it's just text people talking to each other in text right people that that, that has been so toxic on the human soul right the, the, the human voice like i guess youtube opens up the human voice right right um so people are actually having human you know their their conversations right. you know rather than attacking each other with these little fragments of of of, of text exactly 
So, you so know, I, I think they're, they're fed up yeah. with that in a way. And so and then there's this medium and Joe Rogan with his millions of listeners per podcast. I, I've, I've heard somebody say he's the most uh, famous interviewer of all time who has ever existed because he has like so many listeners who tune in for three hours to listen something about archaeology or I don't yeah. know what. So and the this- weird thing is that he's not, um, he's not in the mainstream. So it's like a huge underground movement that's bigger than the mainstream. True. Like the mainstream has become, uh, the mainstream has become the, the most irrelevant, you know, place to have a, a discussion. You know, right. everything's happening underground or everything's happening off stage or everything's right. happening. Everything's happening in this casual, you know, um, casual way in this YouTube, you know, diffusion. It's, it's like uh, uh, the, the gatekeepers are gone. Right. Right. Well, 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 they're yes, still there, yes, but yes, and no, because mm-hmm. because Go you ahead. just wrote a you wrote a piece about the I, I haven't read it. I had, haven't had the time, but about this uh, Peterson Harris debate. And if you see like the, the videos which are leaked, these are like thousands of people who just come to a two or three hour lecture. And mm-hmm. consistently, this is not like an isolated phenomenon, but the people are like leaving YouTube in a way to, to attend to those events, which were, you know, it's like a theater or something. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's completely bonkers what, what is happening. Yeah, it's, 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 it's quite wild that such uh, an almost simple, you know, almost conservative type of event, just two people talking. Could could create that that kind of a crowd. Exactly. The simplicity of it is 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 uh, it's almost a return to 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 a, a more primordial mode of of conversation. I sure. think. Yeah. And even through the through the long form, you have time to explore, like especially if if they're um, um, experts on their field, to explore some topics very profoundly which is something you don't have with facebook for example so i think that contributes at least in part of to the development of of that of that group of people who like try to talk about things nobody in the mainstream is talking about or not even allowed to talk about or just talking about things with some kind of nuance you know right. talking about things that that haven't been messaged to to such an extreme and, and toxic, you know, extent, you know, you know, we get these, these, these MTV type of, uh, of uh, you know, news and MTV and since the 1980s have kind of gone together and become one, one thing where we're, so we're getting our information in these tiny little, you know, packaged uh, bits. Uh-huh. But, uh, but most of, you know, but we're, we're kind of confused. We don't, you know, really know what, what is, what, what is going on and, and we're not, we don't know, you know, we don't know what the left and right is anymore in, in a sure. sense, you know, it's like, it doesn't, though that kind of, um, uh, that almost, almost that kind of duality, uh, you know, um, be, becomes so polarized and caricatured, you know, it's hard to see what, you know, people think on both sides or what people feel or, you know, you know, what's actually really going on. And yeah, so you, 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 you you're doing your dishes and and you're or you take a jog and you're listening to you know rogan and and you know you get you these these kind of things are compelling oddly enough you know 
maybe even more compelling than Game of Thrones at times, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the, it's compelling to listen to two people have, uh, you know, a real heartfelt, uh, deep conversation, you know, more compelling than, 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 than Breaking Bad, perhaps, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's a weird phenomenon. I, I'm, I'm astounded because sometimes, like late at night after work, I, I, want, to, I want to see like a serial or something, like some, some of those things. And then I noticed, like the, Joe Rogan is live with somebody. And I think, well, I switch over to that. And then yeah. I'm like, uh, then suddenly two, two hours are gone. You know, it's, yeah, that's it's, right. Well, what I've been, what about amazing? I've also noticed that it's it's caused me to learn faster in a right. different way than just reading. Uh, you know, because you can you can you can get a lot of information by listening. Um, and uh, uh, you know, Peterson makes this point is that people just listen uh, to these things and and that the, the list almost like the oral um, mode of communication is 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 as has gone past the the written mode of communication in terms of how people get educated right so you know so you can listen to, to peterson's maps of meanings course and learn all about the five traits of personality and stuff the kind of thing you know you might have taken an undergraduate course in right. but you can learn about it be, be, and you can apply it you know to, to the people you know in your life and and uh, you know and and you're you're passionately engaged in it because you know It's like, uh, it's like I, I didn't study psychology in a formal way, but now I feel, you know, like I know something about it. Right? <laughs> and just, and that's just from, and I, that's while I was washing the dishes, not while I took a period of time out of my other exactly. things that I was doing to, to, uh, to, to, to learn this stuff. So, exactly. uh, so now I know that I'm very high in openness and low in conscient, a bit lower in conscientiousness. My wife is very high in conscientiousness. Right. <laughs> you know, so we have a good team, a balance, but she's a bit low in openness. So that's why she has these views about, you know, I, 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 I really learned a lot from seeing, you know, from Peterson's personality courses and seeing how people are very different. And I think that's the spirit of the, uh, the, uh, the deep web uh, is that is it a bunch of people who are have highly different personality types are, are coming together and, and having uh Mature conversations, right? I, I think that's exactly right. As a reaction to this sort of, you know, um, cultish, you know, Facebook right. world that people have been sort of living in uh, in the past, you know, right. 10 years. Yeah. There's a thesis, and I want to, like, an idea I have, which I would like to to formulate and think what and and, and hear what you think about it, because I was I was thinking, okay. Um, You certainly know spirodynamics and the idea that culturally, mm -hmm. a culture is developing over, over stages in a way. So we are more or less living in a postmodern era. And before that, industrialization, enlightenment was the more modern thing. Mm -hmm. And before that, pre-modern. And, and what I noticed that um, every era, when, when it's beginning, when it's starting out, it has a group of people coming together and you, you can find that when you when you look at postmodernity for example you have like the the parisian movement with yeah you have Foucault and Deirdre and yeah, no, not, go back to the 20s you know oh, with, right. with with Dali with Henry Miller with Gertrude Stein oh yeah those are so, the ones I love yeah 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 so now I, I've read your I've seen your article about your heroes so these are my Parisian oh, heroes as well so No, but, but you have like postmodernity, you have that, like, this group of artists and they know each other in a way and they build, mm -hmm. they, they, they create a, a tribe, 
so to speak. Yeah. But if you, if you go 300 years back into the past uh, with modernity, you find something very similar with, with Newton, with Leibniz, and, and like where, where theories are created. Uh, what was it? Malthus and Darwin, for example. They had similar ideas. They were in contact in some sort. Like the media was not that developed, so they had to communicate with letters. So and mm-hmm. I, was, I was thinking, okay, we are approaching maybe um, a, a post, postmodern time. Mm-hmm. You know, wouldn't it be to be expected that there is a group of people coming together who embody that kind of stage of development for the first time and producing the outlet and the, the blueprint of what trickles down in, into society in the years to follow. And I, was, and, I, and I was looking for that for the last five or ten years and I was thinking, if the, and, and thinking about the integral movement, but there wasn't yeah. happen, happening nothing of that sort. Yeah. Well, it seemed that the, that the integral movement kind of, uh, they, they, they felt like there was something happening in the integral movement in, in the beginning that seemed very alive. And then they kind of retreated or something. Exactly. That off, was... off the world stage. And, and so, so, you know, I, I was very excited about the integral movement in, in the beginning, but I, now I'm wondering where they are, you know, like, exactly. why, aren't they out, why aren't they out there engaging with, you know, all these people? Exactly. Some of, their, some of their ideas are, are, are probably more advanced than the intellectual dark web, but, 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 but I guess they're not hitting the culture in, in the guts, you know, uh, in the same way. What intellectual dark web is doing is that there are people with their own platforms coming together and testing their ideas and bringing them out into the world, for example, by using YouTube. And I think they're engaging with the world. So and my thesis is, and I want to, to know what you think about that, if, if we could think of the intellectual dark web as, an, as a tribal group emerging from post, postmodern consciousness. Yeah, well, that's, that's how I've been thinking about it as, as well. I've been thinking that the perfect human community or the, the archetypal human community is the tribe. And the tribe is the place where people are most alive and most engaged in, in, with each other. And it's, uh, it's like uh, the... The economist Shoemaker said, small is beautiful. When you have the, a small group of people, it has the ma- maximum uh, effect. Uh-huh. And if each person has a different, each person plays a different role, right? They're not ideologically driven. They're driven just by their own particular individuality and passion, right? And, 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 but if they're all different, then that's, that has the ma- maximum effect. And yeah, I think that's, I think, I think that's um, you know, I was thinking about this in, in terms of Peterson's anti-tribalism, but I think there has to be a kind of enlightened tribalism, right? There has to be like, cause that's, that, that to me is, is the way to live, right? Is, 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 is small groups of people expressing the maximum individuality. Somehow human beings are, are meant for that. You can see that in a football game or a, you know, a, you could see that in, in, a, in a rock concert or anything. If you have a group of like 10 people or five people, they're, they're, the, they're, they're, they're the most powerful and engaging, you know, uh, uh, mode, I think, uh, of people for, for uh, um, you know, for, for pushing, pushing the, the culture uh, forward, certainly. Yeah. Right. So I, so I, I agree with that. Uh, I agree, and I, I I I agree with I think these guys are on the front lines and maybe maybe the maybe the integral movement um, 
became too conceptual in, in, some, in, some, in some kind of way and putting people in categories and, and, and deciding that somebody is green and somebody is red and some, you know, you get, they were too categorical and they weren't maybe passionate enough and engaged enough and, and you know, take, going out there and taking risks, you know, right. somehow. That's, it's, it's, it seems to be a permaformative cr contradiction of integral that they claim to be uh, open and to, to integrate everything, but what they don't do is integrate other post-postmodern philosophies and have an, an actual dialogue with that. I mean, there, there is, there is metamodernism in its different forms, which claims to be coming after postmodernism. There's digimodernism, there's performatism, and all those different ways of concept of, of a worldview after postmodernism but they don't engage with that and and they, they stay within their within their within their bubble in a way yeah, but I hopefully, think hopefully that will change who knows uh, maybe they're too centered around this one person ken wilver maybe that's that's the problem i don't know maybe I mean, but he's but, ken's great i i don't want to i don't want to put him down in, in any in any way but uh But maybe they have to branch out, and and you know maybe maybe there has to be different personalities that are expressing, you know, the kind of strong views that he is. Or... No, I, I I completely agree. But just just in exploring the phenomenon of of the IDW, I think, I mean, you can't find more different people than Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan, and Ben Shapiro. Yeah. So they're in in every kind of way. Well, that's beautiful. And, and also, you know, even me, I just wrote an article about Sam Harris and I was attacking Sam Harris in a sense because I, I disagree with Sam Harris. But I learned something from Peterson in, in that he went out and, and he's having these talks with Sam Harris and, on a friendly terms. And, and uh, that's, that's fantastic. That's beautiful. That's the way it should be done rather than, you know, than me just sitting and writing nasty things about Sam Harris because I disagree with them, you know. Uh, yes. that, congenial long nuanced conversations that's it's uh it's it's yeah with without any any restriction it's 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 kind of uh, great yeah it doesn't lead to nowhere if you talk only to those who share the same worldview so you need somebody else who comes from the opposite opposite end of the spectrum to challenge your ideas and to develop those ideas and i think that is what they are doing in a way what do you mean by can you can you elaborate what you mean by post postmodernism for me well what what i mean by that is and how is that different from integral what they would call they would call that integral wouldn't they they would call that integral yes yeah. it's true so for for me post postmodern is a is a cultural stage which is the soil from which all those those philosophies may be integral or performatism or digimodernism are springing forth in a way that is a stage of cognitive or social development which integrates in a way the virtues of all stages below but are able to to transcend the, the fallacies so mm -hmm. and and i find it very interesting to compare those different philosophies and theories to see, okay, what, what is their common element, for example, from integral theory and metamodernism and, uh -huh. and performatism. Because when you look at, at, the, at the Dutch school of metamodernism, not that Hansi Freinach thing, but the stuff from Timothy Vermeulen. And he says, for example, metamodernism is the capacity to oscillate between the postmodern stance and the modern stance. And you're not, 
you're not confined to one worldview with 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 the values and your opinions but you 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 are free to oscillate and with that comes a form of creativity and optimism i like to compare those different approaches so to speak so to see okay what what is it what what is in its core post postmodern because it's just unfolding we don't know what it is nobody knows what postmodernism is that's for sure yeah. you know so but you know there is, there are some philosophies to make it short who go explicitly after postmodernism say okay no we we want to we want to grow beyond that so mm -hmm. and, and what is their common element what is their common core i find it quite interesting I don't know yet, but I'd like to explore that, so. Well, I mean, that's the thing, uh, it's, is, is to exist in a vulnerable space where, where, where you're not, you're not uh, burdened by, by ideology. And uh, that, that, that's, I think that's been, that's Peterson's main message to me, and that's the intellectual deep dark webs, right. you know, you know uh, um, what they have to, to, to offer. Uh, um, yeah and 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 then and then so so you know hope, hopefully that's i mean they, it's it's interesting cuz you know eric eric thought of this term as a kind of a joke right, right. It's the intellectual dark, dark web um whereas there's nothing particularly dark <laughs> there it's like the darkness is is elsewhere the darkness is in is in ideology you know the darkness is is in, in in sort of you know rigid fixed modes of, of being and, and, and thinking uh -huh. and so uh so it is kind of an uh, you know and I, I i'm not i'm a pessimistic person by by nature but it does feel a bit you know revolutionary sure uh-huh I, I do you know uh, jordan greenhall has this theory called he calls it the the um he says there's the the red religion in the blue church and he, he says that traditional media is like the blue church, right? It, it, ha it has its safeguards, it has its gatekeepers, it has its, its official messages, it's what, what can be said and what, what can't be said. And, and it, it's, it's been very effective, uh, you know, at, at crowd control and, and uh, uh, you know, and keeping the society from, from, from falling apart. But then uh, at the very edges, the, there's the red religion, and this is, this is where things are kind of dangerous and alive. And um, that's that's kind of what YouTube is, and, and you know, not that the intellectual deep web. There's nothing particularly dangerous that they're saying or that's going on there, but YouTube is dangerous. You know, right. I, I think it's it, it can go both ways, right? It can go towards this middle space of of of, of conversation and and uh, um, you know, people uh, people you know deepening people's perspectives. Uh -huh, and uh, of reality, and it can go in in in, in the space of uh, you know dangerous ideologies being propagated, and and uh, you know I knew this guy who was a Stalinist. I was I was I was amazed that there's these whole communities of of actual Stalinists out there, you know, and right. and listening to and and so anyway. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I, I think you're right. I think it was Jordan Peterson who said recently that we don't know what YouTube is. Because it's it's like it's like there for a couple of years and it, it hasn't shown his face to the fullest yet. What is possible and in, in a positive and negative way. I know uh, be, because I have I have a niece. She's she's five, and you know, and I've read some articles how um, like these bots, these artificial intelligence bots, like create mm -hmm. now um, 
children's, children's videos. Um, and so if, if you just follow some links, like kids videos, you put in yeah. YouTube kids videos, and then, and then after you, you click 10 times, you, you come to those weird uh, videos created from, from an AI, and, yeah. and they're, they're quite brutal and at least not suitable for five-year-olds. Ah, uh, yeah. So, and, yeah. And, so, and this yeah, is so there's this to extreme toxicity, yeah. and then there's at the same time, there's this, there's this new possibility. It's the two things emerging at the, same, right. at the same moment. And what I wanted to say about YouTube is, I don't know, have you read Ivan Illich? Do you know Ivan Illich's work? Uh, no. He wrote a book in the 70s called Deschooling Society. And, uh, and uh, um, to me, uh, that's, what, that's what YouTube is doing. It's, it's sort of deschooling society. And I'm a teacher, so I've noticed that students learn in a different way than, than, than they used to. You know, over the past 10 years that um, th there's less of this symmetrical message of, you know, me as teachers speaking and giving them a lecture. They're, they're there with their computers and their smartphones and they have, you know, on their smartphones, they have Pornhub, but they also have, uh, you know, the equivalent of the, uh, you know, Library of Alexandria. And, and, and so, so they're navigating between, you know, me as a teacher and, and the machine and, and, and the message. And uh, it's, all, it's all mixed up. And, and, you know, in one sense, I think, oh, they're learning a lot more and they're, they're super bright. And, and, and in the other sense, I think, I think maybe they're, they're going mad. And I don't know what the answer is. You know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's complicated. So I think that school is, I think that, you know, Peterson has noted this as well, that, that, that education, you know, traditional education has not adapted to the, to the online, online world yet. So it's crumbling, you know? And sure. so a lot of the learning that people, you know, a lot of the learning resources that people have, uh, you know, are, are really far removed from, from school probably, you know, and they're, you know, I mean, I've always been like that. My passions have, you know, I wasn't a very good student and I always had these side passions that I, I read Henry Miller and, right. you know, instead of what I was supposed to be reading. But, but, but I think, I think, I think there's this, I think there's this, uh, you know, people are living in with this very divided uh, attention and, and the benefits are that, you know, they, they can, you know, the reason people go to a Jordan Peterson lecture or whatever is because they 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 want you know it's it's based on their life right it's right. not it's not abstraction it's not um you know it's not um it's not education as a diploma it's education as 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 uh, you know as as, as learning and, uh, right. gro growth and learning and that that kind of thing so that 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 seems to be immensely uh, immensely positive but right. you know dangerous dangerous times indeed yeah yeah, there's a great podcast, um, School, School Sucks Project. Do you know that one? No, no. It's, it's, no, it's like, I think it should belong to the, to the, to the intellectual dark web because there, there are people there. Um, Thaddeus Russell, you know him? I've heard his name. I heard the yeah, name. I, I think I, I had a podcast with him, one of my early um, podcasts, and I think he might be one of the, the intellig most intelligent people I know quite uh -huh. frankly. And, and he, he actually tried to have some discussions with Peterson, but they never happened. They never take place. I don't know why, because he's an historian and he is quite critical of the school system, but he is a staunch defender of postmodernism. Uh -huh. And, but, but he sees 
the, the fallacies of postmodernism, but he has a completely different take on the whole phenomenon. Yeah. And, and I think... Well, I find Peterson's critique of postmodernism a bit reductive. I mean, right. I, 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 I think that the postmodern period might be a necessary stage to go sure. through. And, but also to transcend. It's like this, you know, the Zen phrase, there's mountains and rivers, then there's no mountains and rivers, and then there's mountains and rivers again. So the postmodern thing is like, you take away all the mountains and rivers, right? And, right. And then, but then you have to, you know, you have to go back to some kind of reality. Right. So I, I, I yeah, I, I mean, I, I've, funny thing is I was reading, uh, I, I finally got around to reading Foucault when I discovered Peterson. So I, anyway, I'm not a huge fan, but it was, it was interesting that I was, I was reading Slavok Zizek and Foucault and all these people when I came upon Peterson. And yeah, um, maybe the postmodern stages, maybe, maybe, maybe Peterson's discussion of postmodernism is a bit reductive. Right. And I think that this, um, Thaddeus Russell, he, he seriously could challenge his use because what, what, what stuck with me is one, one expression he, he had with Joe Rogan, one thing he said, and he said for him, the postmodern stage and the postmodern, um, advancement are the most supreme, uh, inventions humankind has ever had. Namely, uh -huh. the idea that, in a way, everything is a social construct, you know, and mm -hmm. you can have that perspective because, you know, there are no given hierarchies, you know, there are no given hierarchies between races or between people, you know, that is the first time in history humankind has deconstructed these basic notions that there are differences between men, you know, uh -huh. between white mm -hmm. and black and poor and rich or man or female and he calls it the most supreme invention of, of humankind and and you have to give it to him you know it's it's right mm -hmm. you know so um but i think peterson is not looking out for those virtues of postmodernity. you know he's yeah. not well he's correct about the pathologies of postmodernity. right certainly yeah uh, but as i say yeah i think that perhaps he's throwing the baby out with the bathwater a little right bit. yeah so that would be interesting if they would have like a discussion that would prove that the, that the way of communication is working. Uh, they 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 have, but it hasn't happened yet. But I but I'm eager to to see that. It seems to be a new mode of 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 learning in, in a sense that that's coming coming out and, and but through through conversation, it's new and at the same time it's 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 very it's it's very ancient. True. Um, no, it uses the most primordial way of communication. So and that, yeah. that's the interesting thing. Where we are pe people who need to talk and to, need to hear and have to do that in a in a in an honest and authentic way. And I think that that mode of communication is, is is delivering that. What I would hope that would come next would be another artistic movement. You know, because that's probably missing from because they're an intellectual dark web. And, right. And then, and then the intellect has to has to also, you know, all of these other forms of expression, you know, ha, are important as well. You know, dance and, and, and music and right. And um, so, so uh, I mean, I no, don't there's, know. There's, you, you never, you know, you can't imagine these sorts of things. But, but do you uh, know? Do you know Raoul Eschelmann? Nope. No, he is he is um, the the originator. He's a German professor. Um, of performatism, and he has a book de dedicated to the different forms of art and architecture and music after postmodernism. 
and that is quite mm. interesting. So it's like uh, it's like an integral theory, but uh, like not not in a way model driven, but looking out into the world and seeing, okay, there's, there's clearly some kind of architecture, there's clearly some kind of art, literature, which, which distinguishes themselves against postmodernism. Uh -huh. And he tries to model that, why, how, how is it different? And it's quite interesting. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's maybe hard to define at this point, like when you're in the middle of it. Right, so a good, good example would be Life of Pi. Do you know that book? Never read it. So it's, it's about, you know, if you have postmodern literature, it's all about stream of consciousness and everything is sub subjective and you never uh -huh. know, like if you, if you read James Joyce, for, for example, it's like all, all in, in, in a way convoluted and you have to, you know? Yeah. But, so, but, but James Joyce is, is would he, he's not strictly a postmodern, he's more of a, he's high modernism, he's usually considered to be high modernism because right. he's still working within a narrative frame, I think, you know? Right. He still has, He's still, he, he's just, he has this musicality of words, but, but there's still a story. Yeah. Right. Or take Samuel Beckett, for example. That would Beckett, be... Beckett is like the end of modernism and then moving into postmodernism where it could be anything. But uh, Right. The problem with postmodernity is that there's no real consensus about what it is, when, when it started and what, you know, I, I think from, from an historical point of view, you could attribute, for example, Joyce, as being postmodern, although I think from literary theory, he's modern. You know, he's considered it's, it's, high modernism. I studied a bit of literature, and so is Beckett. They're considered high modernism, like the end of modernism. Kind right. Of, ultimate extent of, like, post, Joyce is the ultimate, he was the ultimate, he used language to its ultimate musicality, I, I think. You know, nobody used, nobody ever, and, and, and then Beckett came along and used language as compression, the most compressed type of language, you know, you could possibly think in the most barren, but there's still a reference point, right, to, 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 there's still a, there's still, whereas, I, I, I my understanding is a postmodernism is sort of post-reference point. Yeah, but if you look uh, Finnegan's Wake, there where there's no reference point in there. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I guess that's different than than Ulysses. I guess he's he's maybe you're right. Maybe that's that's a good point. Maybe maybe Finnegan's Wake Wake he's moving into postmodernism, but it's also nonsense. You know, it's it's possible to read. Maybe maybe you can read it, but who can read that? I mean, mm. Right. Do you know Gurdjieff? Sure. A little bit. I, I, his book, you know. Um, Bezelbub and his, his nephew, he was, you're supposed to read it three times. It's almost impossible to read. And the idea of the book was to break down your mental, you know, constructions, your, your cliche mental, you know, truism. Right. just break the whole structure down because the, the book almost makes no sense. Um, so he, he told his students, it was the most Baroque impossible book to read ever. He told his students to read it, you know, three times and, I got halfway through it. <laughs> I've, I've read it once, all three parts. You actually read it yeah. once. That's, that's yeah, very yeah. impressive. Yeah. No, I, it was my time, actually, when I was 20, and I was into that shit, and, you know, it was part of my worldview. I actually was, um, not, not that, but this, this other book, like, um, what is that, the, with A Remarkable Man? That, that, yeah, that means with yeah. so yeah. that was my time. I, I was in Paris for a couple of weeks and, you know, in my little hotel room with a bottle of wine and I was reading that book and it was like fantastic. I really love that guy. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's completely the Abelzebub. I, I think he means something, but, but you, you really have to dive and to delve into it to, you know, 
yeah to, to get that basic idea this yeah. is well, not it, easy. that's the thing it, it's not it's it wouldn't be postmodernism because it wouldn't it would it wouldn't mean nothing mm. it, would, it wouldn't lead to nihilism it, it, it would lead to illumination right i would i would say i mean the works of Belz of the uh, of Gurdjieff. Well, breaking down, breaking down your 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 mental constructions would lead to illuminated worldview, probably. Right. <laughs> like I have this idea that that the mainstream media is, is um, the castrating mother, <laughs> and I wanted to, I wanted to, I I kind of want to, I kind of want to. Well, maybe maybe that will be subject for for another kind kind of discussion because right. one of my one of my interests in, in all of this is is uh, well, I went to this men's group with uh, David Fuller um, and Rebel Wisdom. They invited me over there, right? And um, what I what I was um, well, I was surprised at the group because the group was a bunch of kind of hipsters and and London cool people and and really into all kinds of interesting things and, and very cutting edge group. And I was sort of thinking, okay, they're, they're going to be a Peterson type. So they're going to be neoconservatives or, or they're going to be, but it doesn't seem to be the case. It seems to be a lot of intelligent people are, 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 you know, into this stuff. Right. And people who are intelligent on, on different levels of experience, like spiritually intelligent and, uh, until, you know, politically engaged, whatever, it, everybody has a different, um, everybody has a kind of a different, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Different, different, uh, level of, 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 of communicating or understanding this stuff. And it's, it's interesting how, how, how deep that goes. Like right. some people are into Peterson and they want to just get their lives together and, and stop smoking pot and, and, and watching so much porn. And, and then there's other people who are very into the much deeper existential questions. And then there's other people who are into esot the esoteric Jungian archetypes and, 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 and all that. And, and uh, so it's, it's, it's quite a, a, a diverse spectrum that, you know, right. that, that arises from this, this, this whole intellectual dark web community and, and what's cu coming from it. And, and, um, um, one of the things I was, I, I was talking, talking about, uh, David Fuller and uh, David Fuller has these men's groups and, um, the idea that the, the idea that, um, you know, and, and I, I, the fact of men's groups kind of, kind of bothered me in, in the beginning in terms of, uh, I thought, you know, just, it, it, it just wasn't something that, that, that interests me, but, um, the, the whole, the whole, the whole sexual political aspect of, of all this. And, and the fact that, that Peterson is, is sort of, and, and, and the intellectual dark web they're they've been kind of, um, demonized because they are, they are, they are, they're, 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 you know, or the Peterson has, has been demonized because he's, because, because he's coming on with a very strong masculine message. And so, and then, you know, his whole, his whole image is, 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 is of the, you know, his whole thing is, is of, is of, of the, the, the hero, the, the masculine myth. Right. He's entering into the culture again. And I think this is a positive thing. And I also think that this will strengthen the, the feminine um, our, our archetype types sure. as well and, and, and rescue them from this victimology 
True. Uh, which 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 has been plaguing uh, you know uh, you know the, the feminine uh, world and in the media and, and exactly. I don't know if I articulated that very well, but that's just one of the things I've I've been thinking about. No, no, the 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 wife of Brad Weinstein, Heather Hurling, is her name. Uh-huh. I don't know if I think I think, and she just wrote a, a, a fantastic piece about female toxicity. So and and you know they're as far right. As so it's it's this dark feminine that is not being it's 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 not being uh, it's there's the dark feminine archetype that's missing from the culture. It's not being represented. It's not being seen. It's you know? true. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, and I think in traditional cultures there was always an image of a Kali, of a dark woman. But 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 we have this image now of women as being these pure victims of of. So so I I I I think I think this is, um. And I I was reading Paglia Camille Paglia, sure. who was a good writer and and um, um, I really think that I think that I think that one of the important yeah I think that I think that that's that's an important aspect of this whole conversation um i think so too i think i I, I think i think i think you're completely right because i i was thinking okay how how could a a mature feminism look like Mm -hmm. you know and 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 i think a mature feminism would look like um to with to start out with with the affirmation of all the virtues and privileges a woman has Mm-hmm. Instead of going, oh, the the shitty patriarchy and shitty men and all are beasts and why not? Why not di- dismiss them all in the first place? You know. So yeah. let, let's let's reaffirm what 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 being female means. You yeah, know? and yeah. The, the responsibility associated with with, with that. Exactly. Uh-huh. You know, and and this is the the, the article the wife of Brett Weinstein was was, uh, uh, was was writing. So that you can't you can't choose clothing which highlights sexual signals and then to 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 harass the men if they are looking and this is like a a, a vital point i think they're all and, and and i think a lot of criticism comes from that that they all have like a traditional worldview regarding sex and marriage and and all the things but i mean they they can argue for that because they they are biologists and they can see where where the roots are coming from yeah but it's also just these vicious attacks that 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 you get uh you know on facebook or or whatever from people because you're 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 defending uh, peterson it, it it's almost like and he's considered to be this patriarch and and there's this sort of hidden hatred of of, of men that 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 seems to have you know poison 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 the culture and you know this idea of the noble man becoming a, an important thing that you know important thing in the culture again right important you know just as there's there obviously has to be a, an image of the noble woman and, you know sure uh-huh so no but but let's 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 take some minutes and dive into that because i think that is I mean, we, we were start, starting this conversation about asking why the polarity? Why, why does Peterson and his friends, so to speak, like invoke such deep admiration as well as deep like adversity? You know, what, why is that? I mean, 
because I think the culture just encourages consensus, you know? And uh, if you come out and, and say something in a fierce, strong, masculine way, um, uh, people are, 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 are become afraid or, or something. Or right. See maybe that with violence or, or, or so, something like that. Um, right. Maybe yeah, especially from the postmodern types who are more feminine and more sensitive and they're all about like yeah. what, what is the like violence um, com uh, violence less communication and stuff like that but i mean in order and he says so in order to to have a discussion you have to you know pursue and uh, your your ide ideas and to challenge your ideas that is always a little bit aggressive in in, in, in the sense that you have to approach the topic you know yeah and and uh, the, the the soft sensitive guy you know um, who imitates the feminine, you know, he's, he's at, he's, he is at a disadvantage, you know, in, in the culture. And, uh, and, you know, not that, not that you would want to become the alpha male type or the, you know, aggressive, you know, uh, but, but at the same time, um, It seems, I don't know, just from, from my, my own personal experience is that I had, you know, a, a lesbian mother and, and I grew up very progressive and I had very long hair and I almost like fell in love with women by imitating them. Right. And so it wasn't important for me. Masculinity wasn't important for me until later, you know, that, that I had to break out of that. And, and so, polar, so I had to reestablish kind of polarities. I had the actual idea of being male became important to me again whereas right. in the postmodern sort of fog you, you don't you don't want to identify with male or female or any kind of kind of uh, polarity but later it be, later it became very important to me and i realized that we're sort of living in this fatherless kind of world um uh in, in the postmodern society right. and uh again this comes back I, i started to talk about trump because trump is the image of this pathological man in a way or this you know um pussy grabbing, you know, unconscious sort of lying type of, you know, he's just, it's, and, and that, 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 that's becomes the male figure when the actual dignified male person is, is put down to the extent that True. it doesn't even kind of, kind of exist. So, so I always thought that the, the election of Trump was the, the reason, uh, um, um, or the election of Trump, Trump was as much a, a, a a reason of this extreme progressivism as, as, it, as it was with the, 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 the rise of the, the right, like this, right. The, the extreme progressives and, and the right are in bed together in, in a weird, weird kind of, kind of sense. Right. Um, and, um, and that's this polarization and that, that's this polarization where both these sides don't really make any sense. And then, and then, and then the intellectual dark web comes in and, and, Right. You know, you know, has these nuanced conversations where, you know, you can actually talk about these things again. It's almost like you couldn't talk about them before. I don't know if you had that right. sense, but some of these things were just it was you were you were not able to to talk about. about. Yeah, well, you you know the people with with whom you can talk about stuff like exactly. that, but all, but but only with like with a hand before your mouth. Like let's yeah. talk, you know, let's. You know, I think there were some things that I wouldn't have had the courage of saying mm. before these guys came in. And exactly. I started saying them because, because, I, I, because I knew that I was surrounded by virulent progressives, right, uh, who, who, wouldn't, who, would take, who would not 
allow for a new nuanced conversation right. or even to have a conversation, right. With somebody who's, who's a little bit conservative, like, or traditional, like, uh, you know, Shapiro or somebody right. like, you know, you, you can't, couldn't have had a conversation with somebody like that. They were just the devil, you know, they were just, you know, sure. evil or bad. And those are the bad people over here and the good people over here. And that's, I think that's the essence of that. The thing that I like about the intellectual uh, uh, dark web is this sort of, this sort of space of the in between where where it's right. it, you're not you're not you're not burdened by 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 having to you know you're not burdened by by all these ideological pre- presumptions you know which exactly. you know kind of fell apart for me when Trump was elected like I didn't you know I didn't know what was you know it's like I, I just an ordinary sort of progressive I just follow the New York Times and I just have these and these these and these opinions and 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 um, and then there's this sort of collapse of 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 of, of the sense making apparatus, and then but it turns out to be a positive thing because then you then 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 you can start to really think about stuff rather right. than just just going along with with whatever ideological presuppositions you're you're raised with or you you. You, you you filter through your you know media world or yeah for example a year ago you couldn't say i'm a masculinist and i no. think alpha males are great you know yeah. there of course there there is toxic masculinity of course and and we should work that this doesn't get out of hand yeah but but the idea of an alpha male is necessary you know yeah, and sure. it's, it's of the of the good hero of we are talking about that about the good father and you know to say no uh, in the current form i don't necessarily support feminism although i think like women should have all the rights and privileges and responsibilities like they should have yeah but at the same time like i'm a male i think it's good to be a male and i but, think there's something to strive for yeah i agree and there's 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 a kind of um there's there's a sense that we've been raised by females. I don't know how to say that. All your teachers are females, and, and that the transmission from the father is missing. Right. Um, I, I got that feeling. I, well, I went to this men's group, and and one guy asked. He said, "Where do you get your information from?" And almost all the men there had got all their information, I sexual information or just life information from right. their mothers, right? right? And that's why they were suffering so much because they didn't get that transmission from 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 the father. Right. And again, that's why Peterson, I think, is is so powerful as as a fatherly archetype, or right. as a good man archetype. Right? And it's the same with gender. You know, I don't know how it is in France. But I know how it's in Germany. You know, it's like why I ask myself why is that? Why is that a topic? Why is it important? I don't personally care if somebody identifies as a as a male or a female. But what I where where I draw the line is if you start to indoctrinate little children, as it is happening now in Germany, for example. So yes. you, so you start with with six year olds or seven year olds and give them like this this gender bred man, male, female, whatever it is. You know and and I don't think that is a good idea because, you know, we all play, I dressed up, you know, when I was that age, that doesn't mean that, that I was confused in a way or that I was transgender, you know, that was a, yeah. something I, I felt I went through, but now with, with German pedagogics in a way, it's, it's a complete mess because, you know, it's a, it's a, 
the, the intent to form their thinking and their, their self-identification. And I think you just have to leave them alone, you know? Oh, yeah. At least they just have to remain children. And, you know, if they're gay, they're gay. If they're not, you know, late, they'll, they'll figure that out. They don't need your, you know, they don't need a heavy-handed message to, no. to, to tell them what they are. You know, no, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's, for strange. me, that's a problem. Hmm? But it's a, stra it's a strange, it's a strange, um, you know, well, you know, I was look, look, look at, look at listening to this. I, there's all these people, uh, you know, protesting Trump, right? And, and uh, you know, and, and they're all progressives and they're all protesting Trump and they all think Trump is the devil. And maybe, I don't like Trump, but they're, they're all, I, but they're not protesting the, the president of Saudi Arabia and, and, and the, pre, the president of China. And, and they're not protesting these really bad things that are happening. They're, 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 they've got all their focus on, on these petty sort of, yeah gender issues and, 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 you know, I'm not that all the issues are, are, are petty, but, but, uh, people are, 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 um, yeah, it's, it's, it's I, well, you know, Peterson's phrase is good. Ideological possession takes hold of people and the way out of it is these kind of conversations that right. these guys are having. This is a conundrum I, I didn't solve yet because I, I was wondering why, could it be that, that a consciousness or a group of people, like, say, postmodern people, who claim to be globalist and pluralistic and multicultural, um, devote their time on issues like that instead of climate change, uh, solving the, 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 the problem with the sea and the ocean pollution, with, with, with everything. So, but, they, but they are confined to these micro-problems in a way instead of, well... Why, why don't you go ahead and solve the real problems? Yeah, you know? the big problems. So, so yeah. why, why? I don't understand this. Why, why they have the, the guts to um, like pose as advanced, but not, but not at the same time approaching the, the real problems we have. And, and that is something I don't understand. So why? Well, why? I, again, I think it has something to do with this infantilization, is that remaining infants for, for a long time. And not uh, not not stepping into this sort of um, you know uh, bigger bigger role uh, you know and being obsessed with microaggressions and small petty petty things uh, you know uh, personal psychological you know minutia right rather rather than you know stepping out into the world and just you know and 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 becoming uh, you know strong men and strong women you know you know uh, uh i'm just i'm just you know i i how, how do i say this i think because you mentioned buddhism and we talked a little bit, bit about the connection of postmodernism and and spirituality and i think you know you have as an adult and as a spiritual developed person you have to go into the world and you have to deal with the problems at hand You can't just stay in your spiritual community and, and do the next healing thing and, you, and, and visit the next safe space, spiritual safe space, you know, just, you know, you have to go into the world and confront that and be that hero and just... Yeah, and, and, and I've been around in those, in, in those communities and, uh, and, and I, I, I'm, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you completely. You, you know, it's, 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 you, you have to become a full human being in the world. Uh, I've seen a lot of people 
just become wounded and, and, and remain wounded because they're 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 attached to a, a certain teacher or guru or, right. or, or, or path or or or, or and they're not they don't work with with reality in direct enough direct enough a way right so so i agree with you there andrew i think we did it we did it okay yes. cool. oh. big pleasure talking to you yeah. Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode of Ledger Conversations uh, and you want to support my work in this podcast, you can do so by using the Patreon link or the donate button from PayPal or you just can buy me a coffee. I will put the link below the episode. I want to thank everybody who already supports me. Very much appreciated. Uh, I hope you tune in next time. All the best to you guys. Nice.